Welcome to Unleashed with Eva Melton, where we unleash spiritual principles for victorious living. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unleashed with Eva Melton. This episode, we're going to focus on pastors and pandemic, what it means to pastor, the challenges pastors are facing. Um, while being quarantined and not being able to physically interact with their congregation as normal and as well uh, keep a normal life. So today we have two guests, one from Cleveland, Ohio, one from um, pastored in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Reverend Mark Ribbons and Reverend Dr. Joseph Scrivener. And so we'll start. So first, thank both of you for coming. But I want to give you a moment to just tell our listeners who you are in your own words. So we'll start with you, Reverend Ribbons. <laughs> Thanks. It's good to be here. Good to see your face. Uh, I am uh, Mark Ribbons. I have been, a, I'm a Cleveland native. I've been pastor of Avon Avenue Baptist Church now for a little bit over two years. Um, I've been in ministry since the late 1990s. Uh, I've also worked as a media professional, as a radio DJ and programmer, and done some television work. And now I am solidly uh, in the midst of pandemic <laughs> into pastoral work. Awesome. Awesome. So good to see you. Uh, I haven't seen you. It's been at least five years. Yeah. <laughs> and you still look the same. I'm going grayer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, Dr. Scrivener, can you tell us about yourself and the positions that you hold associated with Brown Memorial? Hi, uh, my name is Joe Scrivener, and I'm the pastor of Brown Memorial Presbyterian Church. I've been there since 2013, and I also am dean of chapel at Stillman College. So, um, so I'm in central and west Alabama, west Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Awesome, awesome. So, Joe, we're going to start with you. What has been... Um, maybe your two biggest challenges in this season and pastoring in, in the midst of pandemic away from your congregation? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is missing um, the fellowship, missing Sunday morning and Wednesdays and uh, even leadership meetings in person. So the personal contact, uh, being able to see each other, hug each other, shake each other's hand, uh, smile and say good morning, or even some of those predictable frowns. You miss those too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, over on that certain bench, over on, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But you miss the routine. Um, you miss how much you take for granted and being able to worship together and being able to share that space together, sing together, pray together. Um, and I guess connected with that, recording sermons and figuring out how to present yourself and how to be comfortable without that typical setting. Uh, I realized that probably the place I'm most comfortable talking is in the pulpit of my church. And, uh, you know, 45 times a year for the last seven years. And uh, so you realize, okay, now you got to find another way. You know, some people are doing it in their pulpit. I've been recording uh, at church or at home, but just, you know, you don't have the same rhythm. Yeah. You're not looking at faces for smiles or head nods uh, or, you know, amen, that kind of thing. So I guess figuring out how to convey a message in an entirely different medium and context has been a challenge. Yeah, that's, 
that's that's tough. I know one Sunday, um, one day that I was recording from home and I was just so, I don't know, the energy was off. And I finally went and got my AirPods and put some hype music in my ear. And uh, <laughs> that kind of carried me through, but everybody was wondering about that one AirPod in my ear. Uh, but it's what I needed to keep going because it's not always like, oh, let me go record this sermon, you know, so. Yeah, your energy level, the time of day, all of that, you know, sure. and I've, been, I've been fretting some, something terrible about recording these sermons. I've gotten better, but the first few weeks, I was pulling my little, <laughs> the little hair I got left, Mark, I was pulling it up. So it was really stressful. It was stressful on a whole nother level that I could not imagine. Yeah, well, it come, comes across great. comes across great. I can't even tell. Um, yeah, it's a, think about yeah. it. <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> Mark, what challenges are you facing? What have been some of the, you know, the biggest challenges you faced, um, you know, pastoring in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, I'd have to say that the the first one that Joe mentioned is the same for me. Just uh, the the idea that you don't miss what you have till it's gone. Um, the the smiling members as well as the frowning members, when you're away from them six, seven, eight weeks, all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, I miss that element of interaction. I miss that fellowship, and that's. That's a big stepping stone for me because I, I'm kind of an introvert extrovert. You know, I want to be alone until I want to be around people. And I, I miss that idea of we're all gonna come together on Sunday morning. The second part for me though is the, um, the change of how, how impersonal ministry is in a certain way, as far as you're not doing visitations because you can't get into the hospitals, you can't get into the nursing homes. Um, Funerals have taken on a whole different vibe because here in Cleveland, uh, most everything is happening at a funeral home. Uh, they're allowing no more than, it's supposed to be 10 people as, at the max, uh, but some of the uh, funerals I've had to officiate have had as many as 30 people, but they're all spaced out. And uh, it's, it's just so different how we've been accustomed to doing personal ministry and it's changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, that that part, you know, and I've been questioning, you know, with the 10 people, there's a discussion we had with some mental health professionals, you know, you got a whole subset of a family who can't, Yeah. like, what does it look like not to have closure? Or what does it look like to grieve but not be able to go to a service? Sure. So, yeah, I've been um, trying to come to terms with that and um, some of the families that are in our spiritual families having to go through that. There's uh, one of our members uh, whose father um, and his wife were uh, wintering in Florida. And a healthy guy that lived here in Ohio, worked for UPS for 40 years, so he passed away suddenly in Florida. Now she is at a point of, okay, well, we can't get his body shipped back here, so we're going to have to have a cremation, and Lord only knows what's going to happen as far as the service because of the the pandemic. So those types of issues are, like you said, with mental health professionals, there, there's a lot of conversations I think are going to be necessary. Yes, yes. And I've been encouraging, you know, people to go ahead and if you already have a, a relationship with a mental health professional, go ahead and just schedule, because I schedule one with my therapist and I feel like I just talk about nothing for an hour. <laughs> you know, apparently I need to talk to somebody, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, We'll go to Joe with this one, but 
information is coming out every news cycle, new, new information about, you know, current numbers, what's to come, what every state is doing, what the governor is saying, what the president is saying. How have you been able to remain anchored, but still tapped into this information that we need to know? How have you stayed anchored? Well, I think I remember it's dawned on me that we haven't had this kind of challenge since World War II in terms of worldwide and nationally having a major, major crisis where you were really uncertain about the future. And uh, my parents were born at the end of World War II. So even our parents, some of our parents, if, if they're early 70s, they were born at the end of World War II. So, you know, I remember those grandparents who wouldn't let you leave any lights on and would have the air conditioner on 80 and things like that. And people would joke that that's because they grew up in the depression, you know? And uh, so just realizing, okay, uh, generations have come through things like this before. Mm-hmm. And um, we can make it through it too, but it's gonna have its, its challenges, its, its losses, its hurts, its pain. Uh, and we'll just have to draw strength from our faith in God, but also the testimony and the witnesses of generations who have gone through challenges like this in the past. Wow. Wow. Um, Mark, for you, how have you remained anchored with all the information that's coming out every day? Uh, Psalm 27, uh, I would have fainted (laughs) had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, Just basically knowing when to tune out. Um, As as someone who, who worked in media for 30, 35 years, um, I've seen the news cycle expand and, you know, firsthand from, you know, you're checking news out, you know, eight o'clock in the morning and noon and six and 11 until now all day long there's something happening. And I, I've watched people who don't know where to go, nothing to do, but sit there and watch this constant feed and it grows worry. It, it grows stress in people. And so, okay, they're saying the same thing every 30 minutes. I think I have to tune out for a while. So I've, I found myself uh, doing more reading um, and just more kind of meditational type things and get out and just sit outside and when the weather allows here in Cleveland. Uh, but just to, to know, okay, there's nothing new right now. And if it's pressing, you'll find out about it eventually. Uh, but for myself and for others around me, just trying to encourage them to tune out of the news, you know, Take in the information that's absolutely necessary, but don't become a prisoner to it. Mm, yeah, I, I've um, I had to like delete the apps off of my phone. Just yeah. uh, I can choose to go on. I don't really watch TV, so really choose to go on and check the numbers. You know, especially Alabama, what's happening. But I, I've really literally had to number one post something in the morning, delete the app if I want to go check on something. But my siblings are on Facebook, so my sister is a little comedian. And so that gives me hope, you know, but um, yeah, I've had to literally stay off of Facebook and Instagram just to keep my sanity. And I actually unfollowed a few people, like anytime the president yeah. said something, they were on a rant and I love them, but I just, you know, I'm gonna unfollow you until after we get a vaccine, you know, so. <laughs> I'm in that boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna unfollow you because I mean, I can't do, I can't do anything about what the president is saying, you know, so. Right. Let me look at the numbers. Let me look at what the World Health Organization is saying, what the CDC is saying. I can't do anything about the foolishness, that, that right there. So, um, so Joe, 
I want to number one applaud you that before this thing even got to Alabama, you were highlighting to church. I feel like you were talking to religious leaders like, hey, this is serious. You know, I know y'all can go pray and all this, but this is more than just a prayer, right? And um, <coughs> that a lot of our uh, congregate uh, denominations have lost leaders because, um, you know, being in the same space at the same time. And, you know, one of the things I can say about Alabama, we, while we may have got hit later, I still feel like we could have been a little bit more um, proactive, per right. se. Um, but one of the things you talked about, I think you posted about it, I think we might have inboxed about it, but Psalm 91, a lot of people were quoting Psalm 91, and I just want to give you a chance to talk about that, because that really, when you talked about it, it really made me think, hmm, so this yeah. is First, I agree with Mark's point. I, I don't watch a lot of TV news at all. And uh, so I echo that point of unplugging and reading on the internet. Um, and just the other thing, you might remember before we got numbers in Alabama, people were like, go ahead, go ahead, Alabama, all right. I was like, come on, y'all. <laughs> y'all, the test just haven't been given yet. You know, I mean, y'all need to stop. The first few days when people were acting like, it was something special that we didn't have cases. I was like, for real? We got those <laughs> Really, y'all? Really? <laughs> and, you know, we started getting reports. I, but it was, I was like, really? I was shocked. Um, but, you know, Psalm 91 is a great psalm about God's protection. And you should, you know, everyone should read it. And uh, there's a bit, there was a news clip where a woman was leaving a church. It was one of these churches that was being defiant about social distancing, Psalm 91, you know. And I was like, wow, because I had just read, you know, the devil's temptation of Jesus. And in the second temptation, the devil takes Jesus to the top of the temple. Yeah. The devil quotes Psalm 91. You know, he says, jump down. And he, you know, the Bible says the angels will, you know, not let your feet dash the rocks. I was like, these people quote Psalm 91 and they don't know the devil quoted it. And they quoted, the devil quotes it to make Jesus put himself in unnecessary risk. You know, I said in the sermon, there was no reason for Jesus to jump off the temple. Nobody was after him. And uh, so people likewise are putting themselves at, at unnecessary risk. And like the devil in that story, sort of citing scripture for God to protect them from something that they have common sense about. And if I may, I share the story. My dad used to tell the story and I used it in the sermon. A man was hanging on a branch in the river, and a boat came by, and he said, no, I don't need that boat. God's going to save me. And then the helicopter came by and let the ladder down. He said, I don't need that helicopter. God's going to save me. Well, the man drowned, and he died. He got to heaven. He said, Lord, why didn't you save me? The Lord said, I sent you a boat. <laughs> yep. So, and in some ways, like the Lord sending you social distance, masks, Lysol, hand sanitizer, soap. That's what the Lord... That's Psalm 91. <laughs> yeah. You know, but people, uh, yeah, it's, it's, un it's, it's funny, but also it's sad yeah. that people put themselves at risk, you know. I was like, but yeah, Psalm 91 is quoted by the devil in Matthew 4 as a part of the temptation. And people are just quoting scripture like it's a genie bottle, right? Right. Well, the Bible and get super duper supernatural protection to pop out the Bible. No, that, that's not, that's not faith. <laughs> I'm sending my tithes for you for that line. That's what <laughs> yeah, it's like, y'all need to stop. 
put that mask on, wash your hands, sit down, and stop quoting the Bible like it's uh, magic, like it's Harry Potter magic spells. I'm I'm in that same space with uh, with Second Corinthians. If my people, yeah. so, okay, it is it's a specific promise at a specific time, and Scripture is good for all time. But okay, humbling ourselves and praying and all of that, in addition to washing your hands <laughs> and wearing the mask and keeping the distance. The Lord allows us to know that, okay, yeah, prayer is your weapon, but that's not your only weapon. That's right. That's right. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I was even um, thinking about, and that goes back to generations before us, right? I mean, uh, when Harriet Tubman was leading escaped slaves and told them to be quiet and sneak, and, well, God's going to protect me. No, you need to lie. <laughs> yeah. Wait till the sun goes down. You know, just run, you know, just walk off the plantation. Psalm 91. Yeah, you could be cute. <laughs> and see, when I look at your Facebook post, I'm telling you, I hear your voice every time. So I knew that's exactly how you were saying it. I mean, even in Birmingham, right? We know about the black men that would patrol their streets, right? Would caught with uh, rifles to stop bombings and all of that. They didn't just quote the Bible. God's gonna stop me from a bomber. No, they took action. Yeah. You know, they set up patrol, all kinds of things, you know. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just kind of just uh it's unfortunately it's treating the Bible like a magic book. Yeah. It is, it is, it is. Um so Mark, I have a question for you. I noticed in the pandemic, you started doing just prayer. You know, not just with your church, but you just went live on Facebook and I was looking at the numbers. I was looking at what people were and I know they could inbox you. But what made you go that route? Because so many people at this point are just you know, really focused on, you know, this is my local church. I'm going to focus on them. But then you kind of just left room for all of us to pray, pray with you. Where'd that come from? Uh, it it kind of took me back to my my one man in a, in a room with a microphone days. <laughs> Um, and I, I used to complain about it. I, I used to complain to my wife. I used to complain in prayers. Like I get so uh, stuck in my head because I spent all my days, you know, four hours a day, six hours a day, I'm on a shift talking to a microphone and I'm in a room by myself and it's, it was depressing to me. And uh, a buddy of mine who was, was also a broadcaster says, okay, think about the fact that you're talking to, you know, maybe 300,000 people in Cleveland, maybe you have listening. So speak like you're speaking to a group of people, not just like you, I'm stuck in this room by myself. And I brought that to the idea of, of doing live to say, okay, there are a lot of people out here who are hurting, uh, but mostly a lot of people who are very afraid. And I wanted to speak to that fear, but not in a preachy way. Uh, so I said, okay, let's, let's just pray together. Let's, let's pick something each night and pray about it. And that's, that was the genesis of that. It, it is, it has been fairly well received and, as you mentioned, the numbers I've gotten uh, prayer requests from people who I would not have thought would have given prayer requests. I would not have thought had, had any uh, inkling towards spirituality. So, thank God for that. Yeah, that's a that's a silver lining, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, but what has it done for you in the process? It's helped to keep me um, focused on on schedule. Uh, on, in, a, in a life where we forget what day it is and you know what time, like, okay, I've, I've had to make an appointment for, for myself, okay, that 
8.30, you're going to let people know what we're praying about. At 9.05, you're going to go and do this thing. And it has given me some, some more routine to stand by uh, in the midst of the things that I'm still carrying on uh, for church work and for family work. Uh, but it's, it's grown my prayer life. Uh, it's, it's put me in a different space where, okay, I'm not just saying the same thing for the congregation, the same thing for the family, but it's, it's expanding my, my prayer territory. I appreciate it. I, I actually, I appreciate it. And I appreciate um, Dr. Scrivener starting a YouTube channel. I appreciate, you know, because honestly, I don't get to really see y'all on Sunday, right? <laughs> and so now I get to go, honestly, I got like five churches, five people right. that I'm subscribed to on YouTube. Let me go see what they're talking about. Even if I can't watch the whole thing, uh, um, pull it up, you know, YouTube on my um whatever where it comes up on the tv so it's like i'm watching y'all on tv you know so um that's been the blessing for me to be able to see my friends who i interact with a lot on social media and you know love how they think but then i get a chance to actually see and hear and so i'm hoping you know uh our use of technology you know even if we can't get to the same level to the same degree that we do realize that our the voice our voice therefore the word of god and the principles that we are taking from the word of God are actually going out and, and reaching people that typically would have not been reached. So I'm hoping that we find ways to take a portion, the, the, the good things that we've learned in the pandemic about technology and bring it with us forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've got a couple of more minutes and I just wanted to give you both a chance to you know, if you have a word of encouragement for a pastor or anything, you know, you would like to leave with our listeners. A lot of ministers and pastors listen to the Unleashed with Eva um, YouTube channel. So, but I think we in this moment need a lot of encouragement that people don't realize that we need. And it looks great on Sunday morning to see us, but what it took behind the scenes to get to that point, how many times we had to start over, how many times we had to question delivery because you know you are on a screen so mm -hmm. if you have something that you want to say to a pastor or any thoughts that you want to leave i'm going to give you guys that moment so joe you can go ahead well i, I think don't doubt the impact that you are having yeah. and how much you are helping people um like i used to coach and a loss was twice as hard as as any a life a loss was double the down feeling as much as a win was you know you would worry about a loss five days, you would celebrate a, a win for two days. And I think as a minister, often we magnify things we feel like we don't do well, and we magnify negative voices in our head, right? The two people that have complaints outweigh the 55 people who are positive. And uh, that's natural, and it can be helpful, but I guess just every now and then I get a note or something that says, thank you, they really touched me. I hadn't thought about it that way. And it's amazing. You still need that. It doesn't matter how many times you heard it last week, you need it this week. And you need it next week and the week after that. So you are touching people. You are helping people. Uh, don't be discouraged. Don't think, you know, it's not doing anything. Don't think it's not helping anybody. Don't think it's awful. God is using it. And God, you know, Second Corinthians talks about God working through clay jars. And God is using us cracks, breaks, and all. God is working through us. God is shining through our cracks. And so God is working through us. And that's a blessing. It's a privilege and a blessing. And so uh, I remind myself and anyone else who needs to hear it 
that God is using us in this moment. Amen. 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 And so I will say before we go to Mark, we had one Sunday where the live stream just stopped. I mean, it just stopped. Like it, I mean, I know people understood that it stopped, but I had a backup, you know, go to YouTube. But it's like that set with me for so long. Even though we had a backup and play, it just set with me. The live stream stopped. Like I think I thought about it for the whole Sunday. And it's like little things like that sometimes can take us from the actual message that's preached. So I know, you know, if I'm into technology, but I've seen so many pastors struggling with technology and I'm still saying, hey, but they got they got the message. They got something, you know. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. Mark, what do you have for us? Um First of all, I have to make sure that I go and follow Joe as soon as we get off this Zoom so I can hear some of this wonderful teaching again. Um, elements like this are, I think, vital for ministry uh, people through this pandemic. The, the whole forsake not the assembly takes on a whole different meaning. And we as, as pastors, as preachers, as ministers, um, we know that there are certain things that only with through our experiences only we understand. And so it's important for us not to lose touch with each other, to, to keep fellowship, whether it's by Zoom, just a phone call to say, hey man, hey sister, I'm with you. You know, if you need to talk with me, I'm here. Uh, now more than ever, we need to be in contact with each other and be encouragement, as Joe said, to each other. And the other piece that I would just give to anyone who may be struggling right now with how to present uh, how difficult, how different it is when you're when you're looking at a camera and when you're dealing not with a pulpit and, and there's no eight-man corner, is to be your authentic self. Don't don't feel like you've got to turn into somebody else because you're in front of the camera. I can't be Joe and Joe can't be Eva. Continue to bring what the Lord has planted in you the way that He plants it in you, and you'll get through it fine. That's great. You both, uh, I needed this, so I appreciate the laugh. I, <laughs> I appreciate the wisdom, but great to see like both of you on my screens. Like I was sharing, you know, I live alone, so it's like I'm fighting to, to stay mentally stable here. So. <laughs> so this has been great. So but I've been using podcasting as a way to kind of anchor myself, and so I realized, you know, I want to talk to some pastors now. Let's talk. So um, that's encouraging. Um, my interview last week with Reverend Franklin and Dr. Daniels um, really just encouraged me. And I was like, let me, let me find two more people I like. So. <laughs> well, thank you for doing it. And yes, indeed. You. Yeah, you've been, uh, you and I have talked about media and technology. So I was like, okay, that first I got, so I, I have a, you, you know, I have an account that was tied to YouTube. I was like, okay, create your own channel, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it's, um, and you know, um, God is stretching us uh, and, you know, making us do some things we needed to do, like you said. So I pray that we'll grow from this and be, be better um, through it and for it. And I'm glad to meet you, Mark, and I'll, I'll be looking for you on, on uh, social media and uh, Likewise. having this form. So Eva, you got to look like you got to find folk every week or at least every other week. They would now. You may have to find two people per week. I know, I know. I'm, I'm running, running low on the people I want to talk to right now. So, <laughs> but 
But I thank y'all so much. As soon as we get this uh, edited tonight, I'll put it on YouTube and I'll probably live it to Facebook somewhat, at some point later this week. But I thank you so much for your time and I can't wait for people to see us pastors actually back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hi, y'all. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Unleash with Eva. I hope you were inspired, encouraged, and motivated to tackle a new week. For more information about the show, check out www.evamelton.com.